Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. While Kyo's Crisps was established back in 2011, when diversification strategies for its traditional potato business were being considered. Tom Kyo, the founder and managing director of Kyo's Crisps, joins us now to tell us about the interesting story behind the brand and the creative positioning strategy which enabled it to gain traction in a crowded market space. Tom, Kyo's Crisps was recently announced as the 2022 Exporter of the Year at the recent Export Industry Awards. But before we discuss the success of the business, I'd like to get an insight into your career before starting Kyo's Crisps. Good morning, Carl. Thanks for having me on. Well, I, I suppose being, being brought up here in, in, in the middle of North County, Dublin, in, in a potato farm, there was probably only one career I was, I was ever going to have. But um, yeah, from a very very early age, we were we were we were we worked with uh, worked with my dad and my uncle and my grandfather here here on the farm. You know, it was actually in the in the the early two thousands uh, where I came out of college and came into the family business here. And you know, the the, the landscape wasn't wasn't good for for fresh potatoes. We had, we were had big declines in consumption here in the country every every year. And um, so much so that, you know, between 2002 and 2012, we had about a 50 percent reduction in consumption. Wow. You know, so, yeah, yeah, huge decline. But I suppose if you think about Ireland back in those days, we had, you know, we had a lot of money. The, the country was starting to become quite affluent. You know, we were, we were heading towards the boom years. Um, a lot of people were traveling more. Their diets were changing. We had a lot of competing carbohydrates, pasta, rice, etc., were entering the the, the the food market and um, you also had really bad uh, diet fads that really had had a negative impact on potatoes things like you know the African diet and stuff like that that were really anti-carb and um, so so that all combined to to a, a huge reduction in consumption of fresh potatoes and um, yeah I suppose that kind of shaped the early formative years here on the farm that kind of gave us a bit of direction which probably led to the, the establishment of of, of Kale's crisps and where, where we are today. At that time, when you were considering what you would do to diversify the business and before starting Kyo's Crisps, what other opportunities were you looking at? And ultimately, where did you see the niche in the market for a crisps business? Yes, good question. And believe it or not, there's a, there's a funny story in the background there because I was, um, believe it or not, I was at a family wedding uh, on, my, on my wife's side in Staten Island in, uh, near New York. And we were at this wedding and everybody wanted to talk to me about getting their Irish potatoes in New York. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, this is a huge opportunity. You know, why aren't we selling Irish potatoes in America? You know, there's 42 million Irish Americans on the, on the eastern seaboard alone that I'm sure would love to buy Irish potatoes. So uh, I suppose I came home from that thinking, my God, we're going to, we're going to solve the Irish potato problem here overnight. And uh, started to make some inquiries started to uh, speak with some food distributors in, in the States. Uh, and and yeah, this is way back in the mid-2000s. And um, got talking to some interested parties. That led to samples being sent to uh, buyers, etc. And very quickly, we started to build up this, this kind of cycle of we'd send a sample out and a note will come back from the FDA saying that this product uh, is, is, is banned to, from entry to, to, to the US market. Oh, God. So, it was actually during the conversation I had with one of the FDA officials in New Jersey. And she said to me, uh, Mr. Kyo, uh, 
like, why don't you cook your potatoes? Because if you cook your potatoes, you know, you'll bypass all this red tape and you can get your product into America. So <laughs> light bulb moment. Um, here we go. Right. We're going to have to think outside the box. So it was a very interesting time because um, at that stage, you had this emergence of premiumization as a trend in, in snack foods. And you had a couple of brands had just started uh, in the UK on the back of what had probably happened in the US a few years previous. And we said, okay, this, this is quite interesting. And this, this whole area of, um, you know, farm to fork, closer to the farm, farm production, premiumization, better taste, better quality. God, this is interesting. So, so that, I suppose that's what sparked the interest first. Uh, we seen that we had that, uh, that, that if we were going to be serious about exporting off the farm here, we'd probably have to cook a product in some shape or form. And premium potato crisps started to grow hugely in the UK market. There we are about four or five years later after you know, getting the knowledge, the know-how and the money together. Uh, I uh, converted a little potato store here on the farm into a high care food production unit. Uh, I bought my first little fryer from an Amish community in Pennsylvania, believe it or not, and uh, started cooking crisps literally, you know, out of a potatoes out of a bucket, threw a little slicer into a small little fryer, threw a little seasoning drum and into a bag. Fascinating story, I have to say, Tom. And I'm very interested then to find out how you actually went out and gained traction in a market, really, that was dominated by established brands. Exactly. I thought... If I knew then, what I know now, would I have done it? I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, ignorance is bliss. And uh, we entered a marketplace that was completely dominated by, uh, at the time, it was, it was Tatum and Walkers. But today, it's, it's, it's Intersnack and, and Frito-Lay Walkers. So we, we entered a very, very competitive market with uh, some big competitors there. And um, we found it, to be honest, we found it very, very difficult in the early years. We couldn't get space on shelves. Um, so believe it or not, we actually had to make our own shelves. So I, I had a, a, a carpenter here that lives beside the farm that made that used to make stands for us. And believe it or not, he still does it today. And instead of trying to get space on the shelf, we actually put a stand in, in the store. And uh, we sold our crisps on those stands. And our first retail listing, well, our, our first customer was JC's and Swords, but our first retail listing, multiple retail listing, came from Superquin. And at the time, we were doing all the potatoes for Superquin, uh, also under the, under the Kyo brand. And uh, Superquin gave us the opportunity to, to put our stands in the fresh potato section. And that's how we started. We, we put our stands of crisps beside our potatoes. And there was a crisp and a potato from the same farm under the same brand, be sold side by side in the supermarket. And I don't think it's been done before anywhere in the world. And it just hit a note in Superquin. And very, very quickly, the product starts to sell extremely well. It was a great idea, I have to say. Mm. Now, talk to us then about 11 years on now. So what growth has the business achieved to date? It has been substantial growth to date. Yeah, we're, today we're, we're employing over, over 100 people uh, just in the crisp business. Um, and we, we, I suppose we support a lot of key ingredient suppliers as well. There'll be, be suppliers that supply our provenance to flavourings from all around Ireland, from Irish Atlantic sea salt down on the Bear Peninsula, uh, you know, right 
up to David Wellen here beside us, who who has the uh, the apple farm and produces the, the cider vinegar for a crisp. So there's a lot of ingredients come from Ireland as well as the potatoes. Um, so today we we are about I think we're about 11, 12 percent of the Irish market, uh, which I have to say we're very, I'm very proud of. You know, after kind of uh, carving out that market share, considering the competitive environment we're in, um, and we also export to about 17 countries. It's it's a bit exports account for about 25 percent of our business, and uh, it's growing quite fast. And on the export side, are you operating through distributors, or have you gone direct? Yeah, I suppose you kind of have to cut your cloth to suit, uh, depending on the market and and the. Uh, the, uh, the the lay of the land. So, for example, America will be one of the biggest markets we deal in, and we would operate through a distributor model in some states, and we would be very much in the premium retail end in, in those states. And then in other areas, we would deal direct with the retailer. So, for example, uh, Costco, who I think by volume, I think, are the biggest retailer in America, we would have a direct relationship with Costco. And our products will be available coast to coast on, on seasonal ins and outs with Costco at various different times of the year. Um, so it all depends on the country and the approach. Some retailers will want to deal direct with the manufacturer. And they just will not you know, like to deal through a distributor. So it all, it all depends. Tom, as you reflect on your success in the export market, what factors have been critical and crucial to building a successful export business? Very, very good question. And I, I suppose... One thing I learned very early on is that exports, they do not happen overnight. Um, like we will have a conversation with a customer that may lead to a sale, you know, two years down the line. Um, it takes a long time. Uh, it can take a long time for those sales to happen. But building up that re- that relationship uh, is, is, is key. Um, we're selling a very high quality product and um, consistency is really important in that. Uh, so we're, we, we're never going to be able to compete on price when it comes to overseas markets uh, because they have local producers who will do that for them. Um, but for us, it, we're very much going in on a quality play uh, and a uniqueness with unique flavours. So some of the flavours that we produce from Ireland here, you, you wouldn't be able to get in those countries. We have flavours here like uh, truffle and Irish butter uh, that just are extremely exotic uh, to some of the some of the markets we're dealing in, you know, so so quality is really important, and I think obviously then overseas you have you have I, I, it's kind of like the the Irish halo effect. I I definitely think that that Ireland as a, as a country is just seen as we're seen as good people to do business with, trustworthy, and uh, definitely from a food point of view, we're seen as this beautiful small green island on the edge of the Atlantic that just produces really high quality tasty food. And as the business has grown, Tom, how have you scaled up operations and how have you funded the expansion? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's uh, well, from very, very small beginnings. Uh, I'm still in that little potato store, believe it or not. <laughs> but uh, my one little fryer has turned into many little fryers. And um, we've uh, expanded. Probably we've had maybe three stages of major expansions over the last 11 years. And believe it or not, I've just started another one uh, last week. Um, so uh, we've expanded all our cooking capabilities here. We've obviously expanded our potato growing uh, to, 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 to supply the factory. And then we've expanded our seasoning and, 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 uh, and packaging capabilities. So on the factory side, we've had 
several different uh, expansion projects there. Um, we've had fantastic help from Enterprise Ireland. I think Enterprise Ireland has helped us with every single one of those expansions. We started with the local enterprise board here in Fingal and then grew to, to, to deal with uh, Enterprise Ireland eventually. And they've been fantastically supportive. And in terms of extending the product range, how much of a priority is this? What inspires new flavours and what process do you follow? It's very good, yeah. So, listen, there's, there's a, there's a, we have a very kind of rigid NPD process here uh, on the farm that's been developed over the years that tends to be just thrown out the window when I walk in the door with some flavour that I've tasted saying that, you know, we need to do this. Um, but what, what, what I've found over the years is that um, especially in Ireland, uh, cheese and onion and salt and vinegar, they probably account for about 85% of the market. Wow. Which, which only leaves about 15% for us to be messing with NPD in. And, you know, those little introductory flavours that we do, like the truffle butter, or this summer we did a brilliant flavour with the guys in Cashel Blue, they, they keep it fresh. And it's something new and, and, and interesting for the customers to try, but they will never really uh, end up being a cheese and onion or, or, or a salt and vinegar in Ireland. However, overseas, they can turn into big opportunities. What we found is that in the US market, for example, today, our biggest selling flavor is truffle butter. Truffle and real Irish butter is the biggest selling flavor in the whole of the US market. It was recently announced that Kyo's Crisps has signed a deal with Ryanair. Talk to us about how that came about and what it will mean for the business. Yeah, so, so I suppose we were, we were delighted to get, to get that deal uh, agreed with Ryanair. Believe it or not, it's something that we started uh, speaking with Ryanair's uh, distributor back in 2019 about. Um, and, uh, you know, lots of conversations happening in 2019 and then, that the pandemic landed on our doorstep and the whole airline industry shut down. So it, it only got going uh, recently. So we're, we're, we're delighted to, to, get, to get that business up and running with Ryanair. But I suppose we, we do a huge amount of business with airlines all around the world. So we're the first class crisp on airlines. Uh, we do the crisps now for Singapore Airlines. That was just announced last month. Um, Ryanair just recently announced uh, we do crisp with Lufthansa, Aer Lingus, and Eurowings in Germany, and um, so it's 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 now a size of a part of our business. But the, the reason the reason it's there is because we've developed a really innovative product, in that we grade the crisps into little thirty mil size crisps, and put them into a very special small bag that's actually equalised for pressure, so that it, it works really well at cabin air pressure when uh, when when they're they're served in flight. So it's a really innovative little product, but it's proved extremely successful. It's a very clever product, I have to say, and I wish every success with that contract. Kyo's Crisps was announced as the overall exporter of the year at the 2022 Export Industry Awards recently. But what did this award win mean to you and the team? Yeah, I suppose it was incredible. Number one, just to be shortlisted for the Food and Drink Exporter of the Year was was great. It was, it was the first time we'd, we'd ever entered the award. And um, on the night, we, we were named Food and Drink Exporter of the Year. But then to go on and be named Overall Irish Exporter of the Year is just, it's just unthinkable for, for a, a small family business like ours that, you know, really 10 years ago, we, we, we weren't even in the game. Now, t- here we are 10 years later, and 
and you know winning exports of the year is just amazing and especially like for, for me growing up here on the farm you know grow, growing crops year after year you know it, it, it was a dream of mine to be able to grow crops here on the farm and export them to countries all around the world and here we are doing it today and we've just been recognized there with a really great industry award uh, on the back of that um, so very very proud very proud of the team here uh, they put a huge amount of work in over the years to, to you know, to really develop that export business for us and, and, and really drive it on. So, um, yeah, absolutely delighted. Tom, you have made some excellent moves over the past 11 years in business, but what does the growth trajectory look like? I suppose, uh, like any business, we're looking forward and, you know, there's, there's a huge amount of uncertainty there at the moment. Um, you know, we, we've been hit this year with huge increases in, in, in some, some for oil especially and, and, and gas. Um, so it's you know it is tough out there at the moment. Uh, we're proceeding with growth plans. We're, we're expanding here on the on the on, on the family farm, and you know all going well. Um, in the next few years, uh, my plan is to start new on a greenfield site here, uh, just beside the family farm, um, and that will give us a lot more space to I suppose expand to fill to fill current uh, headroom in existing sales. But also to look at you know new products and 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 innovation in in certain areas you know healthy snacks etc is a big growth area, and you know we we produce a lot of popcorn here on the farm as well, and um, but we, I would like to expand the range into a lot more healthier products, uh, so really looking forward to that in the future. Tom, finally, for anyone listening this morning that is considering starting a food business, what nuggets of advice have you got for them? Yeah, I would say that. Food is all about quality and taste, and there's there are so many food businesses start up today, and they put all their focus on you know a clever brand and great marketing, but that will only get you one sale. It's the follow-up sales that are there because of a food quality and flavour and taste, and that's really what people need to be focusing on is consistency in that area. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Tom Kyo, the Managing Director of Kyo's Crisps. And I'd like to thank Tom for sharing this great Irish success story with us this morning. And we wish him continued growth for the future. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.